When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and uh, welcome to Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner podcast. This is Jimmy Gasparro, the interview content editor for Comic Book Yeti. And I am here uh, with two creators today that I'm very excited to talk to. Uh, their upcoming uh all ages graphic novel uh, Lumberjackula is going to be out in July by uh, I believe it's Simon Kids, uh, Simon and Schuster, and uh, we are here with writer and artist Matt Haggerty and Sam Owen. Uh, Matt and Sam, welcome into the Yeti Cave and uh, to the Cryptid Creator Quarter Podcast. Thanks for having us, man. Happy to be yeah. here. Glad to be here. Um, so I'm very excited. Uh, one of the things that we're striving to do and my co-host Byron O'Neill is striving to do is really to talk to um, to really highlight you young adult or all ages graphic novels. There's so much great stuff coming out. We're always excited when we get to talk to creators who are you know, making either whether we call them young adult or the all ages or middle grade graphic novels and um I was lucky enough to be able to uh, to read a, an advanced copy of Lumberjackula. I absolutely loved it. Um, both the storytelling, uh, the artwork. Um, I'm excited for people to hear, you know, what it's all about. Um, and uh, a, a couple of things from it that I wrote down and really liked and wanted to highlight some little touches that I, I thought really make the book special. Um, but uh, people don't listen uh, to hear me. So why don't, uh, Matt and Sam, why don't you tell everyone uh, what Lumberjackula is all about? Matt, you sure. want to go first? Sure, yeah. So um, Lumberjackula is about this kid, Jack, who's part vampire, part lumberjack. Um, his mom's a lumberjack. His dad's a vampire. And he's about to have to choose which middle school he goes to. And both of his parents are encouraging him uh, to go to theirs, not in a overly forceful way, but they're really excited for him to to head down uh, their paths, hopefully. Um, but he feels this pressure to want to please both sides of his family. He feels whichever side he chooses will be the wrong side um, because it will in turn then upset half his family. But this becomes even more uh, complicated when he realizes what he really wants to do is dance. Uh, he finds a dance academy um, that is another option, a third option he had never really considered, but that's really his passion. And he's afraid even more so uh, to tell his parents that because then, well, he can't do that. He'll let down everyone in his family if he takes this path uh, that's um, that's all his own. So it's that. And Sam draws it so amazingly and draws all these <laughs> awesome uh, dance scenes uh, that are throughout it. There's a lot of dance sequences worked out that I, I wrote some like lyrics for. And then Sam has made the, has taken uh, these just beautiful beautiful pages that I, I really love a lot. Yeah. So Sam, what did you think, you know, how did you get involved? What did you think when you first got the script in terms of, 
you know, uh, your your approach to um, to to paneling and and to illustrating it. So when uh, Matt reached out and just explained the concept of a half vampire, half lumberjack kid, I was immediately drawn to the story and was really excited to to get to draw it with him and to pitch it. Um, and then just the process of creating and designing all the characters that would fill out the world of Lumberjackula was a lot of fun as well. Matt really let me kind of play with different designs for some of the side characters and to kind of figure out how the Lumberjack world would look and the vampire side uh, would look. They both have sort of distinctive visual uh, elements going on and you kind of see that as he visits each school. Um, where with the lumberjack school, um, a lot of the little kids will grow up with full beards. Um, they're very like big on, you know, chopping down wood. Everything's like very wood themed, very heavily focused on like flannels and things like that. And that was probably the hardest part was drawing all the flannel uh, pattern patterns on the shirts. But um, I did have a lot of fun kind of figuring out what each visual elements would go into both sides of Jack's world and what those would look like. And then obviously the, uh, the dance side that, that Jack is, is drawn to was a lot of fun as well because it's very vibrant and uh, multicolored. And there's a lot of like interesting looking characters that, that visit the dance school. Uh, one of them being Plenty who kind of dresses up like a fairy and she's very ballerina inspired, but she's got like these crazy, triple pigtails and she's pink and very outgoing and bubbly and, and really helps Jack kind of come out of his shell. Um, so I, I just had a lot of fun sort of getting to play around with a lot of the different character design elements, especially. Yeah. I mean, the, when, when Jack gets to check out the, the dance school, the, um, uh, I wrote it down cause I knew I would, I would uh, mispronounce it or, yeah get the order wrong but the tip tap twinkle toes academy yeah um okay perfect great uh when he gets there it is it it is so full of just interesting characters there's some that seem a little a little familiar but everyone also looks like a little bit different and also there's a couple of like very interesting things that jack goes through on his walk as he gets to the academy that are a bit of like uh like a, a bit of a runner in terms yeah. of like he has to do these things every time which makes it it, it interesting um it, which my favorite character is uh manatine <laughs> which <laughs> I, I, good choice um i yeah uh i don't know that i've shared this before but in the fifth grade uh, i led my class in adopting a manatee uh his, <laughs> his name his name was philip and uh they sent our class a picture and ever since i've been a big my manatee fan every time my kids go somewhere if they go on a trip and they see like a little manatee thing you know like a manatee christmas ornament they get it so <laughs> i saw manatee and i'm like all right well if i'm ever at a con and need some need a sketch <laughs> Philip is a great uh, name for a manatee. Yeah, he is unofficial name. name. <laughs> <laughs> he is unofficial name. That is a good manatee name. <laughs> and I, there's so many, I, there's so many little interesting things uh, about it, and what, in terms of the story, Matt, and I like how the people in 
in, in Jack's life are, are very supportive of him. Like they want him to make a decision, but they're also very, you know, they're very supportive. And I think that helps, you know, put a lot of the focus on the internal stuff that's going on within, within Jack. Um, can you talk to me about, you know, your approach with, with both of Jack's parents, which I, I thought was very interesting and then kind of maybe backing off some of the ex external forces, because I feel like a lot of it is, is Jack putting a lot of pressure on himself, which I think a lot of kids, it's a good message to hear, um, that there is that support out there and, and you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself and just to, you know, the people in your life, a, a lot of them do want what's best for you. Um, you know, what, why did that type of story really speak to you that you wanted to to get out there to kids? Well, it, it's something that I very much feel myself. Like I'm, I'm so like endlessly supportive of whatever my kids are going to do. I'm excited in what they want to do, but I also know, and I caught myself, like my daughter is expressing interest in art. I'm really pumped. I'm really excited. It is clear to her that I want to draw with her. And this is something that, that I really love. And I noticed that, pressure even if positive is on her and I just always want them both to be whoever they are at, at every moment um so I think that was the initial thought and then just just yeah I, I think you're very much right like kids put a lot of pressure on themselves even if it isn't necessarily there um in certain in a lot of social situations with their family and with friends as well there's a lot of internal um dialogue that doesn't get expressed normally because it, that I honestly I think it is kind of hard, hard to do and some people might find it boring because uh, there is this like there is not this like huge external force that they're fighting at every moment but um hopefully I believe that um with the help of all these you know this awesome art that Sam was able to make so interesting and jokes <laughs> as many as you can and as much lighthearted stuff we can still do that and tell the story that is really truly about jack against jack that's really who it is there is no there's no one he's he's battling at any point it's just he's battling himself and that's a lot of my stories <laughs> like one of my own stories is, is a lot there's there's no one in my way except for me so it's like um it's that was important and then also i just really like the idea of as much as possible including uh supportive parents i included parents i think a lot more than you normally see in um middle grade books i think a lot of times like conventional wisdom is to get them out as much as possible and while they aren't really there you know they're not solving his problems for him they're in there a lot and i think it's kind of because i i really ended up liking them a lot like i once mm -hmm. once it started going i'm like oh they're they're kind of fun characters i want, I want to see them more so yeah. that was yeah that, I, hopefully that answers your question yeah, no, no, it, it definitely does. And I love seeing the parents in there. Um, I didn't I didn't feel like they were in there too much. Um, they were, you know, interesting characters. Uh, Jack's mom's a lumberjack. Jack's dad's a vampire. Um, they both have kind of interesting careers. They're both supportive in their their own way. Um, and uh, Jack's dad's a, a musician, uh, Scott. <laughs> Jackula, right? Uh, with the band Quantum Creep, which uh, I read that I, I read that the first time and just was quickly going through it. And then I went, I like skipped and went back. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, Scott Jackula. 
with Quantum yeah. Creek. Ah, well done. <laughs> my, my big dream, if, if, if for whatever reason we're lucky enough to somehow have this adapted into an animated anything, I want, I want Scott Bakula in there. Come on, be perfect. Yeah, Scott Bakula doing the voice of uh, Scott Jackula. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I liked seeing them in there, and um, yeah, I, I, I just felt that it was just enough to give the sense that they were supportive, but you know, they, they were also. You could see why Jack was putting some pressure on himself. Like they did seem like they were supportive parents. He wanted to make them happy. And, you know, when, as he's making this choice, like which school do I go to? Uh, it, it was it, it was good to read and good to see that. I think it's good to see like, hey, this is, all you know, here for kids to read. You have a problem. You know, you're trying to deal with it. Um, and here's an example, if maybe they don't have it in their life, but here's an example of like supportive parents. This is what they're, this is what it's about. And it doesn't mean that Jack didn't have like a struggle that he's got to go through. Um, in terms of uh, Jack and his dancing, that's something that I instantly would think is so hard to do. I am not an artist by any stretch of the imagination. Um, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't draw anything, but I, I've, you know, I read a lot of comics and see how action is done. And dancing is one of those things that I, I think it's so difficult to do because it's not a punch or a kick or something that can land and you have a sound effect to go along with it. When you realize, Sam, that you were going to have to draw kind of like these interludes with Jack putting on his headphones and doing these little moves, like what, what was your approach to think? How am I going to make this look like something and make it look like movement? Uh, yeah, so like when when I realized that dancing was going to be heavily involved, I was initially kind of intimidated by how that was going to look. Um, there was a lot of different ideas that Matt had for for like the the breakdown pages. Like he mm -hmm. he was a very generous author and actually provided some like rough illustrations of the poses for those breakdowns and very detailed descriptions for those. Um, and, and that really helped sort of, uh, the, the heavy lifting as far as like, um, the beats of the dancing, like I didn't have to break it down into the nine beats that you see per, per breakdown. It kind of goes like one per chapter. There's like a song break and a dance break. Mm -hmm. Um, and they all reflect his moods in various ways. Um, so I really liked the song pages, uh, because, Matt just kind of said, um, you know, here's how Jack's feeling and here are the lyrics to the song. So, you know, try to draw this in the style of like a pop song or like an electronic song or like uh, uh, a heavy metal, like headbanger uh, style of song. So I, I really like getting to play around with those, those parts of the story. Um, but yeah, I, I never really considered like drawing dancing and and how that would be conveyed on page on the page necessarily but I, I did have a lot of fun kind of figuring out the process and and the moves themselves weren't very complicated they're they're not like based on like strict dancing forms like here's what disco dancing looks like here's what uh ballet dancing looks like it's more just like free expression that jack is feeling and he just kind of you know, dance is what he's feeling. So I didn't feel like 
Like I had to stick to a specific style of dance necessarily. He's just right. sort of moving to his own own feelings. Yeah, I mean, still that has to be, um, you know, because you're not just trying to convey, even if it's a little bit of movement, you also are yeah. trying to convey emotion and, and capture all of that as well. And yeah. it, it's done, you know, very well. Jack does, despite his best efforts sometimes, wear his heart on his sleeve, yeah. <laughs> his, his flannel sleeve. <laughs> um but it is it's uh it's very well done and in terms of where it leads to when he's trying to make his decision and right you know um it 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 does each little segment kind of like builds with what he's going through it's very effective um you. you're welcome um and so uh matt you know when one of the other interesting things in terms of the the writing aspect of it where we get to see a glimpse of the two schools that he uh, that that Jack visits, he goes to the 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 Vampire Academy, um, uh, Gloom Sorrow, Gloom Sorrow, uh, right? Sorrow's Gloom, yeah, Sorrow's Gloom. Yeah. I'm so close. Uh, I, I wrote it down, and I'm like <laughs> like scanning my page, and I'm like, hey, I don't see of, it. I don't... Um, but uh, yeah, and then he, when he goes to the um, the Lumberjack uh, Academy as well. Um, you know, we get to meet some of the other students and see like Jack's kind of like interaction. I mean, was, did you ever, did you have to, you know, was this just like what you uh, wanted in terms of Jack's experience to be? Or did you ever draw on what something like you went through in school or like your kids might've gone through now to say, oh, I got to put this in there? Not necessarily in, in this, certainly in other, in other work I've done, there's been lots of throwing my schooling in, like I, like in Unplugged and Unpopular, the character's dyslexic and having trouble in school. And like, mm -hmm. there's, a, I, I, there's definitely stuff thrown in, in other, um, in other books, but not necessarily with this. One thing I'll say about those two schools though, is I initially had thought, I had thought that characters from each would would have ended up being more in the story. I was definitely like, oh yeah, like like I had grand plans for for uh, like oh, really at Sorrow's uh, at Sorrow's Gloom and at um, Mighty Log. And then as the story went on, it kind of became very clear that they just really were were meant for the for the background and to get us through to the next part. Um, but yeah, not necessarily. I mean, I certainly was incredibly awkward in school and i was not a great student and not a great athlete so i can relate to many of uh his uh difficulties uh, but but nothing nothing directly now oh, okay um i'll I was say just, that uh... um sorry no no go ahead sam i'll say that um some of what jack went through you know trying to make friends uh resonated with me a little bit because you go into school to a new school and I, I did move around a lot as a kid so I, I did go to different schools and had to make friends in different places and one of the ways that I was able to do that was just by like showing off what I could draw in class uh, and that's something mm -hmm. that that Jack kind of does where the fact that he can dance is really impressive to other kids and it makes them want to talk to him and get to know him um so i, I kind of resonated with that that aspect of it like if you go into school and you have like a cool thing that you can show off people show off to people it's it's uh it makes it easier to make new friends i think yeah i i, I think that's definitely true yeah um I, my wife and i talk about this now even as you know fully grown adults how hard it can be sometimes to make friends 
you know, mm-hmm. as like once you're out of school and if it's not coworkers and then you get to a point and if you have kids, then maybe you, you become friendly with like your kids, friends, parents, but it can, it can be yeah. difficult. And yeah, I, I still, you know, try and especially then add the, you know, the past couple of years, the pandemic on top of it to try and like make new <laughs> yeah. friends. I, I maybe, maybe this is unfair as like a 43 year old man to judge like a kid's, graphic novel on whether or not i can resonate with it but when i read something and it resonates with me and i'm like yeah it's hard it's hard to make friends it's there were situations where he does something where he thinks it goes well and then it goes poorly and feeling that that kind of like embarrassment um one of the big things that i i really liked about this is when jack first meets plenty which resonated you know with me when he first meets Plenty, um, and he says, well, he, he acts like he's he likes to dance, but he's not a dancer. And that yeah. idea that, like, I like to do something, but I'm not it. And uh, you, we see, you know, anyone in the indie comics community or the comics community online says somebody, well, I, I wrote this one thing, but I'm, like, not a writer. Or I did this one thing, but I'm not really an artist. You know, I'm not getting paid for it, so I'm not this. And that idea yeah. that, hey, you do it. That's what you that's what you are if you want to do it. I was just like, Yeah, thanks, Plenty. I needed to hear that today. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a very uh, a very good message. Um so uh, you know, uh, uh, the two of you, like ha- you talked a little bit about like your collaboration and le- and and how it worked, but um was there Anything that you, you know, other than some of the dancing, Sam, that you were really um, concerned with, like coming across and putting on the page. And then I'll pivot to you, Matt, in terms of anything you were really excited when you got that art in that, and saw that that Sam had drawn. Um, I, I mean, at the point uh, I was in, in my, I guess, starting thinking about being a comic artist, uh, that was kind of like an at an early point when me and Matt we're thinking about collaborating on this and pitching it Mm -hmm. to to places. And um, I uh, was older and I didn't really have like a professional background as a comic artist. So part of the process that was intimidating was just like the idea of making a full comic. But I felt like I was at a point that I was mature enough and I had handled other creative projects that I felt like I could tackle it. You know, I didn't know everything that was going on going into it, but I was able to learn at least like I wasn't totally just like treading water in terms of like knowing how to like compose a comic page or turn in work in a specific format or whatever. I think that process was, was definitely a learning curve, but it it was something I felt capable of tackling. Um, and then just the process of uh, getting to work with Simon Schuster on this was was also kind of like a big eye opener in terms of like working with a big professional uh, publishing firm and and learning how to work with them, especially you know remotely and things like that. Um, I don't know. It, it was it was fun. It was challenging at times, but I, I think mm-hmm. I would definitely want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, and and now you did it. You have a, yeah. a, a a full comic book, graphic novel. Yeah, so um, I, I have uh, have something to build off of now. So I, I know what to expect going in for the next mm-hmm. one, and I really, really would love to be able to do it again. 
that not only did he do it, he, the first book of this size, he hit every deadline. He did, handed in everything perfect, had like, did all of, <laughs> all of the things that you're supposed to on a high level after having not done, done this at, at that before, which I like, I had, I had faith based on the work that I had seen. There's like, after, after time, I, I just feel like it started to happen. Like I've been trying this long enough. You just see people start, you know, they get it. Like, yeah. like they really get it. And like, I might not be able to draw that, but I can tell that they get it. And they, they really have, there's this drawing that he, I came across him because like a friend liked like something on Twitter. And I was like, Whoa, that's the guy. Like it was right at the time I was looking at Lumber Jacula and it was, um, just these trees, like a bunch of, it, it was really just this image of a bunch of trees, um, in this, your cat, I think it's, I think it's, mm -hmm. cat trees. um, and yeah. it was it just really, really made me be like, oh man, this, this guy's awesome. And then at every stage, just, it's been that, I mean, I think that designs, I don't, I don't know that there's been any designs that we went back and forth on. I yeah, not, not really. Not really. Yeah. I mean, they, they've evolved over time and I think Jack's mm -hmm. gotten a little bit more polished as I've drawn him multiple times but overall like um yeah for the most part Jack, uh, Matt would tell me I want his dad to look like this with some of this influence like like a, an 80s hair metal band or like a, a a metal band and then I want his mom to look like this or I want his grandpa to look like that and I would go and just draw it and then I didn't know if if Matt was just being too nice or if I really was getting it right the first time, but he would just be like, no, this looks great. This looks great. Like it's been like a really good first experience working on a big book like this and having Matt as a collaborator because he is so open about letting the artist kind of take that, that part of the project. He's not someone who like dictates every small detail about what a character should look like. He trusts uh, an artist if it looks like they know what they're doing and you know it puts a lot of confidence in me uh you know getting to feel like i know what i'm doing even if i don't always know what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with me with writing so i hope that everyone puts just faith in me i'll do my thing it's like yeah. I, I think it's like um like i i've likened it a lot of times to tattoo artists like you can get a tattoo and you can get some flash and say like i want this and the tattoo artist is gonna do it and do a good job or you could go to these like really talented artists that are so excited to do what they're doing and say like i would like a dinosaur and, I would, <laughs> and it's probably going to be way better than that flash piece because this artist is going to be invested in it they're going to because because you know it, it if you're going to be drawing these characters a bunch you might as well be really excited about them you know yeah and his yeah. design is insanely good, so that's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I said it earlier, but uh, especially when you get to the Dance Academy. I, I, like I said, every character is, is almost a little bit, but not quite familiar. But, but you know, very unique. It's like, oh, I, I, yeah. it, it, it reminds me of something, but I can't tell what. And it's just, they're each their own thing. Every little person, especially in the scene where they're all there and they kind of name you know everyone at the uh, at the academy and you get to see everybody and 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 kevin <laughs> i think that was maybe one of the hardest panels to draw just because i had to like arrange all the different word balloons in the right order yeah. i had to remember which character went with which name 
Which is like but, absolutely yeah, ridiculous name. Oh, one other thing I, I wanted to mention, because a lot of, I think, and I think a lot of, um, you know, uh, younger, like YA or middle grade graphic novels do this, where they always have a, like a food thing in there that their character likes. Like, it's also like a cartoon kind of trope almost. Oh, this character likes this ridiculous food. And I don't know if this was like really meant to be that, but at one point Jack eats breakfast pizza with maple syrup dipping sauce. And that sounds amazing. So if that, if that was supposed to be like too ridiculous, that, that failed. I want it. I want a breakfast pizza. That's a real scrambled eggs, breakfast sausage. And I want to dip it in maple dipping sauce. I want it. And I want it right now. It made me hungry. So is that something? That's a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I'm not a big egg person, but I rem- I remember that from a restaurant in San Francisco, and always being like, "Oh, damn, that that like that makes sense." And then it just seemed I didn't, yeah, and, I didn't know if it was a real thing, but I, I would believe it if it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's just enough weirdness that I feel like people would try it. Yeah, yeah. I was I was at a I was at a restaurant. I think when I went to Disney World once with with the kids, and they served a breakfast pizza that had like bacon and eggs like scrambled eggs on it but um yeah i was like breakfast pizza with maple syrup dipping sauce i'm like that's that sounds really good like i could picture it in my head i could almost smell it i could almost smell it (laughs) um so uh but matt what are some of your you know influences in terms of the stuff that you like you know i mean i think maybe this isn't a lot of writers maybe this is just my idea of it but i think that you know, you read things that you like and you, you churn them around over 20, 30 years and then you start to write your own stories. And I think you can't help but be influenced by some of those things you loved, whether or not it was as a kid or in high school or college or even something you read, you know, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what is it that you were really, you know, influenced by in terms of your journey to, to become a writer that you then wanted to make your your own thing? Yeah. Um. Well, I, I guess I'll kind of touch on like some of the pillars, but Kelvin and Hobbes was kind of the first in um, that was just just giant for me. Um, mm-hmm. Then into X Men, like like many many kids at Batman the animated series was huge. Then I you know why the Last Man, Sweet Tooth, things like that kept me in comics. I didn't disappear like a lot of people have that break. I just always read comics. When I right. had to read comics, <laughs> um, but I, I always I always was there. But I really started getting really excited again about the idea of making them when I read Why the Last Man the first time all the way through. And then I was trying to make comics kind of like that at first. And if you've read Lumberjacular or any of my other comics, that's kind of silly. That's like not who I am at all. I was trying to make these like serious and, and kind of heavy uh, stories and it wasn't working. And then I kind I stumbled upon um, Smile and Diary of a Wimpy Kid at the same time, as I was kind of realizing that all of the stuff I was writing really is for younger readers. All, all of the, mm-hmm. the themes, all of the main plots, and really what I genuinely enjoyed. Like I would catch myself like like if I have an option, more often than not, I'm not gonna want to watch Breaking Bad. I'm gonna want to watch like. Um, Justice League Unlimited. I just, I just enjoy it. I love, I love that stuff. But um, <laughs> and then Gravity Falls specifically was like just huge for me. Like that, that, 
that whole entire series and how it has that tonal shift for the second um, season, it just just was perfect. And that really inspired me to kind of go on this route of kids comics. And it makes me wonder what I was ever thinking, trying to do anything else. Cause it, 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 really <laughs> feels, it feels like what I, what I love doing, you know? Right. Now that's awesome. Um, Sam, what about you? What's kind of your journey? Like, into comics were you into comics as a kid and then what made you want to you know create them um so yeah like matt it, it started with um those uh, collected uh books of calvin and Hobbes. i would read those front to front to back um mm -hmm. whenever i came across them uh and then my dad also had just like a stack of um like Superman and Spider-Man and maybe some Batman comics that were all just sort of like loosely collected. They weren't really, you know, uh, coherent runs or whatever. Like I didn't really have a plot to follow. I would just kind of look at the pictures. Right. Um, but then, and I, and yeah. And then I would start like drawing Spider-Man based on those. I think the very like nineties hyper detailed sort of uh, versions of those, those superheroes um, but then once I was old enough in like late middle school and high school, and I got to sort of pick the stuff that I wanted to read, I was really into manga. So I would read like Bleach and uh, Naruto and like Death Note and stuff like that, stuff that was popular when I was in uh, high school. Um, and that was pretty much what carried me through uh, till I was older. Like I was very into manga and then some... Uh, like single graphic novels that were popular at the time um even stuff like uh scott pilgrim which is very like manga influenced i would read that as well and i think i picked up a lot of like style things from manga and like western cartoon uh like comic strips not so much like superhero comics necessarily so i was very heavily influenced on one side by like this have like strongly cartoon style of drawing and then on this other side of like very i don't know what you'd call it but just like manga style action comics um and that's really where i find i'm drawn to as far as like how i like to draw comics uh, either on the one end like with lumberjackula i like drawing stuff that's very silly and lighthearted and fun <laughs> uh with a lot of like fun stuff to draw like i don't like to give myself too much heavy material when I'm drawing that sort of stuff. But then on the other end, I really like to draw a lot of like stylistic action uh, oriented cool stuff, I guess, just like cool and fun is where I like to go with my drawing. Right. Cool. Oh, well, cool and fun. Um, yeah. Cool. But real, real quick, since I'm actually getting to, to talk to you and not just, you know, follow you on Twitter. Um, What's up with all the Garfield stuff? <laughs> I was afraid that was going to come up. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, I think what I remember, where I remember it starting was there was, uh, I, when I was doing a Kickstarter uh, last year, late last year, um, I was doing like this extended stream where I was trying to get people to like, pledged to the Kickstarter and I was just kind of drawing stuff on Twitch. Um, and for some reason Garfield came up and I was kind of just like playing around with these different designs for Garfield, um, trying to figure out how I could draw Garfield as um, like Godzilla or uh, 
like a tardigrade if you're familiar <laughs> with with those things as like microscopic right they, they call them water bears right water bears yeah <laughs> um i was just getting like suggestions from people in the chat and uh after a little while i realized you know other people were sort of playing around with garfield designs if you're familiar with um uh this subreddit called i'm, I'm sorry john i think r slash i'm sorry john uh there's this genre of garfield art that's very like horror based uh they'll draw garfield in these like very horrific looking uh scenarios they'll make him look like this crazy eldritch looking monster um, oh my gosh and and a lot of it just comes from the fact that that garfield as a concept is very easily recognized and understood divorced from context like there's just a lot of things that you can do with him and he's still recognizable because he has like these very distinct features um right. and you know him as a property is also sort of like i don't know like something about him something about the way jim davis has licensed his his character is very like i wouldn't say like uh you know it's the opposite of what calvin and hobbes's creator does <laughs> he's on the, on the other end of the spectrum like he's very willing to license him out to different things and yeah. i think because of that he sort of his image is maybe cheapened a little bit so you can kind of play around with them there's nothing sacred about garfield as a character so you can kind of do anything you want with him mm -hmm. um and that's really where a lot of the fun comes from is just how crazy and out there can you get with the the what you do with his design. And I think for me, it's it's fun as a design challenge where how can I represent Garfield as as um, as Godzilla or as um, lately I've done like a Hieronymus Bosch inspired picture <laughs> <laughs> where I just took elements from like Bosch paintings and put represented them as Garfield. Uh, so for me it's sort of like my garfield period like how how some artists have a blue period right this is my garfield this is period nice wonderful <laughs> fantastic um uh matt i i wanted to ask you um you know you have you have kids i have kids i read a lot of you know ya young all ages middle grade um graphic novels can you guys still hear me yes. yes oh i think my video froze um so i read a lot of those and um you know i wanted to ask you uh i know that your your bio on the simon and schuster website lists you as a rad dad um <laughs> so as as part of a rad dad have you you know are, are there things that you're you currently read with your kids or things that you've come across recently like do you have time to still you know, read comics while you're you're making them, and is, are there things out there that you really you know have enjoyed? Yeah. Um. So a lot of a lot I try uh, kind of actually in in line with um what I was talking about earlier about like like pressing my kids towards things. Like I I yeah. introduce comics, but I really follow my daughter's lead and what she what she's interested in as much as possible. I'd say for comics, what she has found that she's interested in is funny enough like almost a modern day Calvin and Hobbes, Phoebe and the Unicorn. Um, and very, very much I see that being where her early interests are. And I'm like, there's so right. there's so much of of the similar spirit of Calvin and Hobbes in those uh, books. 
and they're just really amazing. Um, but I, I do try and read as, as much as possible, but a lot of that is, is me. Like I got like, um, Johnny Christmas's new book, uh, swim team I'm excited for, but my, my daughter won't read that. She, she's not, she's not <laughs> like, like, like not there yet, but, um, in her interest of, of it, but over time, I, I always try and like, like slowly sneak something in there, sneak something in, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I love, I love reading with them whenever possible. And my son, he likes anything with trucks. So <laughs> he's, he's two now. And it's very, it's very simply, if it has big wheels, that is awesome. Monster everything. Uh, so right. that's his, his reading at this, at this point. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, but, but in terms of the reading for you, like, are there any, uh, any other comics that you're, you're currently like reading and into that you really like now? Yeah, let me do the little swing and look at my bookshelf because I always have something there. That, oh, I, I here's a one for sure. Um, Barb and the Last Berserker. Uh, I read the first one of that and I really, really enjoyed enjoyed it. And I have the second mm -hmm. one ready to read, but I still loved it because it was light and fun. I feel like there's a there's a thing in a lot of uh, middle grade and, and YA graphic novels that is just everything's serious and 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 you know. There's so many, or if there's humor, it's very much in the back and there has to be a serious through, through theme. And I think that kids deserve books that are just silly and have boogers and hearts in them too. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? uh, and like, that's, that's what I enjoyed a lot when I was a kid. So I, I love a good book that, not that that book is, not that Barb Bless Berserker is boogers and hearts, but um, it's jokes, it's light, it's fun. And it's yeah. just really, um, just really well done and i i'm i'm excited to hopefully see some more books like that coming out um you know obviously i'm sure that that is inspired a bit by books like that getting made is probably partially because dogman is this like gigantic gigantic thing that is a huge success and those books are sure. funny and you know have yeah lots of uh, awesome jokes in them but um yeah, th that's that's one of my most recent that I'm like, yeah, I really like this. Cool. I really like uh, well, I mean, turning back to Lumberjackula, one of the things I I really liked about it is, is because like when when one when my oldest daughter is nine, when she reads stuff and, you know, or either that she finds on her own or that a, a friend at school recommended. I do find that there are a lot of graphic novels that are that are great, but are at either end of a spectrum of. Uh, see, very serious and then silly to the to the point of a lot of uh you know as you put it booger and, and fart jokes <laughs> where what i really loved about lumberjackula is there is a lot of fun and humor and silly in it that you know doesn't go all the way to that to that one end but there is a very positive serious important message that isn't heavy-handed and that you know isn't preachy it, that it, it really the the message of the story comes across in such a great way while still capturing so much fun and humor and i felt like it really hit the sweet spot for me in terms of what i like to see and read and what i know my kids uh really you know enjoy as well so i, I really appreciated that type of like middle of the road you know, between the two. And I thought it was just such a perfect blend of that. So I, I super appreciate that. And I thought you, the two of you, it, 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 you really created something that at the end, I was like happy. I was so excited and 
joyous to get to talk to the, the two of you because I was like, it's just, it was just a lot of fun. So I really, I really think you, um, I really think you nailed it. Uh, I don't know if I have a question. Just uh, you yeah. feel free to say something. Thank that you means so, a lot. Thank, thank you so you. much, man. I, I really appreciate that. That's certainly certainly the, the tone that I hoped to reach, and I didn't know if I could. And I, I, it's really nice to hear uh, you say that and hear other people saying it. it. Seems like so far people are liking it, and that's making it's like the response so far is is like I've been doing this for a while and had a lot of books come out, and like like I finally have it be like oh like people like this. People have liked other books I've worked on for sure, but I feel this yeah. reaction is, is yeah. different. I, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit getting getting this to be like my first big book that I work on, but I'm really happy that that so many people are responding positively to it. Yeah. And really hope to get to draw Jack again, hopefully. So yeah. I would really like to go back to that, that world. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see another one. Um Sam, you're not you're not cheating. It's a visual medium, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> you did a lot of a lot of work too. To yeah, I, I can't forget that. That was spent a lot of time drawing it. So, uh, well, um, I don't want to keep you guys too much longer, uh, but I did just want to know anything else that you uh, are working on that folks should check out. Uh, Matt, I know that I think you're doing. Uh, you just recently did a like an online writers workshop, and you are doing another one. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing, I did this one uh, workshop for writingworkshops.com. I did like a four-week Zoom class on um, on specifically writing for graphic novels and working with a collaborator and a lot of like, like the whole entire uh, second like session was about like how to not be a, a jerk uh, when being a writer because I feel like there, there there's a, I, I learned stuff over time and just a bunch of it was like, you know, having having us as writers actually attempt to draw pages and see what you're asking before you're you're going in but i've had a lot of fun with it so so the first session just ended and towards the end i talked with them and was like let's do another one because it, it really is like incredibly fulfilling and it's fun to actually like as someone who is like such a poor student and like and like like really didn't do good in school and then uh you know, for a long time as a bartender, I didn't have like the most self-confidence with myself to like go into a class and then be teaching like adults something and they're really lis listening and interested was, it's been rewarding. It's been really fun. It was, a, it was an exciting process. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's, um, uh, that, that must be, you know, from what you just said, that must be really, you know, fulfilling for something that you like to do, something you're very good at and to be able to, to talk to students and talk to other adults that want to get involved. That's really great. Yeah. And just talk to adults. I, I, I love my kids so much. Talking to adults is great sometimes. Um, but also beyond that, I have uh, some books that will be coming out in the next couple of years um, from Oni Press. I have uh, two more, but one is called Indoor Kid and that will be out uh, next year um, that I'm doing with uh, Lisa Dubois. Um, and it's really oh, awesome. fun and exciting. <laughs> cool. Well, good luck with that. Uh, look forward to hearing more about it when it gets uh, closer to release. How about you, Sam? Um, what are I, I know that I you had involved in a Kickstarter, adventuring without a permit, um, mm -hmm. and what else do you have going on? Um, we also have uh, when I, I mentioned that I was into manga as a kid, and, and part of that was reading the uh, the magazine called Shonen Jump. 
that had a collection of different uh, comics, um, kind of like an anthology, like a, a serialized anthology. Uh, so I was inspired by that and, and a lot of other comics creators that, that you might recognize on, on Twitter, like uh, Darren Vogt and um, Ollie, Oliver Gerlach and um, some other really talented artists that I, that I got to meet on Twitter, got together and put uh, Star Tales uh, comics uh, out um, or on Twitter, and we were able to successfully get funded earlier this year, a couple months ago. So we're working on putting that together. Um, so once we've finished those comics and send it out, we're hoping to continue, you know, making Star Tales comics a thing and then maybe releasing a volume two at some point, or um, we're, we're going to look and see, you know, because uh, the crowdfunding stuff for Kickstarter or for comics especially is so in flux right now. Uh, there's a lot of mm -hmm. different options out there. So we're going to look and see what what makes sense for how we want to continue, but we, we definitely want to keep making what we've been making so far. So, you know, just give us a follow on there and we'll, we'll be posting updates uh, on what, what the future looks like for star tales. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I'd followed that one. There was, I, I'm not sure if the, uh, it's Oliver's or not the, uh, pancake yeah. Johnson attorney of war, um, <laughs> that spoke to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess, uh, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Sam and I are supposed to, uh, you know, fingers crossed if it's successful down the line, have uh, a comic in the Band of Bards from the Static Anthology. Yes. So we're just working on that today. <laughs> <laughs> so, so folks listening, be uh, be sure to keep a, a lookout for that as well. Um, well, I just want to say that this I loved Lumberjackula. Um, I'm gonna all my friends ha, that have kids. I'm, I'm I will recommend it to them. Uh, I suggest everybody listening now to to do the same. Uh, I I really feel like it's it's got a great message and it's just it's a ton of fun, and uh, you'll like it. Uh, your kids will like it, and I really just want to thank uh, Matt and Sam for uh, for coming on the podcast today to uh, to talk about Lumberjackula. So uh, anything else before we we go, Matt and Sam? No, thank you so much for having us. It was really, yeah. really fun talking to you. And it was a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So for uh, Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner, uh, yeah, we were. I'm I'm still workshopping uh, the name because it's <laughs> too alliterative. Uh, this is Jimmy Gasparro. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcast.